If you're a guest with us this morning, we are so glad that you're here. And uh, if you have not been around here in a few weeks, we are also glad that you are here. We are in the midst of a, uh, a series that our lead preaching minister, Colin Packer, started a few weeks ago entitled Rooted. And uh, the idea of Rooted is that we are, uh, are going to work through the foundational principles, pieces, concepts, these symbols that you see on the screen here of who we are as children of God, as believers in Jesus Christ, the foundational pieces of the good news that is Jesus Christ. We have just come out of a time of celebrating the birth of Jesus. The Bible refers to it as the moment that light entered the world. It was the moment that forever changed the world. It was the moment that for the first time mankind truly experienced the light. And yet at this exact moment, I find myself in this weird sort of in-between. We've spent all these weeks building up to this incredible day of of celebration at, at Christmas as we do celebrate the birth of the Savior and we do celebrate the joy of sharing and giving and doing for others. It's, a, it's the greatest day of the year. And now it's gone. And yet there's this really cool thing that happens. Our, our calendar flips over and one year has come and gone and a, a next year is to come. And, and yet that's still a few days away as we think and anticipate a little bit about that day. And we're sort of in this weird kind of middle. So what do we do now? I mean, thank goodness we have college bowl games, or I don't know what I would do. Because family has left for the most part, some are still lingering. A lot of us are off work, kids are out of school, things are just sort of not not right, and it's just this weird kind of time. And so my question that I was asking myself, and maybe you have asked yourself, so what now? So what do we do now? The wrapping paper has all been thrown away. The boxes are all thrown into the garage to go out next week with the trash. Maybe some decorations have started coming down. The fine china that you pull down once a year for Christmas dinner is put back away, not to be seen again until next year. So what do we do now? I want to spend just a few minutes wrestling with that question in regard to the idea of the fact that we just celebrated light coming in 
to the world. We're coming out of this moment of celebrating the most significant moment in the history of mankind when God came to earth. So what now? He was born in 1847, February the 11th, 1847. By all accounts, he was a, uh, he was a troubled child, they would say. If we had the psychological assessments of today, back then, he would have been diagnosed with ADHD and many learning disabilities and some physical disabilities. You see, he had a severe hearing loss. He was considered deaf. And yet this, this boy, who was kicked out of school at age 7, who was working full-time by the age of 12, selling newspapers and snacks and things uh, at the side of the railroad station was convinced he was going to change the world. He was convinced that he was going to invent something that was going to forever make a difference in the life of people here in this place. And yet, failed attempt after failed attempt, invention after invention that nobody gave a flip about, came and went. Small little moments of success were followed by horrific downfalls of loss. And yet at age 36 in 1883 Thomas Alva Edison created and was credited with the invention of the first light bulb. The world would now have light in a way that it had never ever had before. It forever changed the life of mankind. And the world. You see, there's this really fascinating thing with light. Whether it's the lights shining on the Christmas tree in the living room with all the other lights out, that every time you walk past it, you can't help but pause for just a minute and, and take a look at it. It just catches your eye. Or it's the 4th of July amidst the summer when we celebrate this country the darkness of the skies illuminate with fireworks that no matter how many fireworks shows you've been to, you stop down and you watch these lights light up the sky. Or it's the Vegas Strip that illuminates half of a state. It doesn't really matter what kind of light. We are fascinated with light. It's an innate part of being a human being. We can't help ourselves. We are drawn to light. Which is why I think it's so incredibly powerful. The imagery that the Bible gives us when God chose to use this picture of himself in the form of a baby coming down to earth. Light in darkness. So I want to spend just a few minutes looking through some concepts, some ideas of of what it means in regard to the light. Here's the first one. Light creates sight. Light creates sight. By definition, light is this, something that makes vision possible. It sounds pretty unimpressive until you think about it. It's truly incredible. You can't see without light. You are hopelessly blind 
to your surroundings, to your circumstances, and even yourself without light. We are blind to who and what we are. And it is only light that gives us the ability to clearly see all that is around us. Most of you are familiar with the story of the blind man in John chapter 9. If you're not, it's a, it's a wonderful story. Jesus and his disciples are walking through and they, they see a blind man. And most of the town had known this blind man was there and he was there. And he, they walked past him. And the disciples were convinced that something had happened in, in the past of this man or his family, his forefathers. And they asked Jesus, so what caused this man's blindness, his disability, What sin did he have? What sin did his forefathers commit that left him this way? And I love the way Jesus responds in verse 3. Jesus said, this has nothing to do with his sin. This has nothing to do with the sin of a forefather. Jesus said, this is so that the work of God might be displayed in his life. As long as it is day, we must do the work of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. While I am in the world, I am the light of the world. The man was healed and people began talking about it. The Pharisees heard about it. They eventually threw him out of the temple and said, I don't know who you are, but you got to go. And Jesus heard about it. Jesus went and found the man. And in verse uh, 35 of chapter 9, Jesus begins talking with the man. Excuse me. Listen to what he says. Do you believe in the Son of Man? Who is he, sir? The man asked Jesus. Tell me so that I may believe in him. And Jesus said this in verse 37. You have now seen him. In fact, he is the one speaking with you. Then the man said, Lord, I believe. And he worshiped him. Jesus said, for judgment I have come into this world so that the blind will see. Those who see will become blind. And some Pharisees who were there heard him and they said, what? Are we blind too? And Jesus said, if you were blind, you would not be guilty of sin. But now that you claim you can see, your guilt remains. Just think about the imagery of what Jesus just shared. Because see, he, he shared this idea of blindness being for those who could not see, but also for those who were convinced they could see. On their own. And I think it's easy for us to get our mind around the idea of you're blind if you can't see. If you've never known Jesus, then you are blind. And his light will bring sight. But Jesus also says, those of you that are convinced that you can see without the light are just as blind as those who don't. And I think there's this really, really powerful idea here that is so important for us to grab a hold of. The idea of the world overall was spiritually blind. It could not see. Mankind had turned its back in so many ways on God and who they were and who He was in their life. Listen to what John 12, uh, 46 says. I have come as light into the world that everyone who believes in me may not remain in darkness. Jesus came to give sight to a blind world. Life. 
The second thing is this. Light gives life. Light gives life. We all learned back in elementary school, there was this big, huge thing called the sun. The greatest source of light and energy in the universe. And what's incredible about this, this sun is that it is essential for life. Human beings cannot exist. Plants cannot exist. Animals cannot exist. Nothing can exist without the light. It is the source of energy that gives life to all things. The life sustains us as human beings. It provides our bodies what we need physically to exist. Light is an essential part of our existence, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. You cannot live without light. And Jesus does everything he can through this book to share with us the significance and the importance of light. He shares with us by informing us about the light, by encouraging us to know and experience the light, by teaching us regarding the light, by praying that we would know and see the light. And he even went so far as to give his life for us to be in the light. In Matthew chapter 4, it talks about a prophecy that was fulfilled in the book of Isaiah. Listen to the words in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 2. The people who were sitting in darkness saw a great light. And to those who were sitting in the land and the shadow of death, upon them a light dawned. Jesus came to this world to be the light. The light that had been talked about for hundreds and hundreds of years prior to His coming. In John chapter 8, verse 12, Again, therefore, Jesus spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. In John three thirty six, He who believes in the Son has eternal life, but he who does not obey the Son shall not see life. Christ is life. He is the giver of physical life. He is the provider of spiritual life. He is life itself. Light gives Life. Number three, light removes the stains and offers healing for us. There have been numerous scientific studies that have, that have talked about how the sun is a part of the cleansing of materials, clothes, etc. here on earth. That there's, there's chemicals that mixed with the energy and the light and the heat from the sun can actually cleanse things. Physically, listen to Isaiah chapter 1, verse 18. The Lord says, Though your sins are as scarlet, they will be as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they will be like wool. The light cleans us and cleanses us. In the book of Acts 26, the story of of Paul, Jesus shares a challenge to Paul. Listen to these words. Paul, to open their eyes so that they may turn from darkness to light and from dominion of Satan to God in order that they may receive forgiveness of sins. Isn't it a wonderful blessing to experience the cleansing of the light of Jesus Christ being here, purifying our souls Cleansing our consciousness physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. Because the reality is this. 
Just because we are believers, just because we are followers, just because we are people who know the light does not mean that we still do not face the struggles and the realities of life. 1 John chapter 1, verse 8 says this, If we say that we have no sin, we are deceiving ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and righteous to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The other idea of this cleansing is that this light provides healing. It provides healing that is, that is unlike any other form of healing on earth. In the first sermon Jesus ever preached, recorded in Luke chapter 4, he referenced back to a, another prophecy in the book of Isaiah chapter 61 where it said this, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the afflicted. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. It was what he said he came to bring, a restoration of all mankind, a cleansing and a healing and a restoring of the world. That is what the light provides us. Jesus is the great healer. Number four, light provides security and joy. Again, listen to what the prophet Isaiah says in chapter 60, verse 12 of Isaiah. Your sun will set no more, neither will your moon wane, for you will have the Lord of an everlasting light, and the days of your mourning will be finished. You know, there's, there's really good reason why this world struggles to understand happiness. We live in a day and age, in a society, in a culture, in a country, in a world that everyone is chasing happiness. That's what you want. No matter where you are socioeconomically in this world, you are chasing after the idea of happiness. And the problem is this. We're chasing after something that is situational and something circumstantial. You see, the happiness that we are craving in this world is not actually happiness. The Bible actually refers to it as joy. See, joy is, joy is deeper. It's more rooted it's an abiding, constant, never-failing kind of thing. Happiness is always going to have an unhappy moment. But joy is something that is of God. Joy is something that comes only from the light. And you can only truly experience this joy as you experience the light. <clears throat> so back to my original question. So what now? What do you do? This year is coming to an end. A new year is just around the corner. So what now? What if we did more than just come into this place and experience the light? What if we did more than just come in here and have a better understanding of the light? What if we did more than just seek to know and remember the light? What if we went out with boldness and with confidence and security to go be the light? Because you see, church, that's what Jesus has called us to do. 
He has not called us to just come and sit and enjoy the beauty and the wonder and the majesty and the awe of the light. Because as incredibly a gift as it is to the world, that's not why He came. He came so that the world would have light. And so what if we were to actually do that right now? And I mean, I want you to go out and be the light with that peace that only comes out of Philippians chapter 4, that peace which transcends all understanding kind of peace. And with the comfort and the confidence of, of what Galen shared in Psalms 23, you will fear no evil kind of confidence in being the light. And with the unbelievable assurance that we find in John 11 when Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. And he who believes in me shall live even if he dies. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. I mean, what if we were to go and actually be the light? Because to me, that's living in the light. Experiencing the light and knowing the light, having an understanding of the light, are all really, really good things. But we are failing and falling short if we do not recognize our purpose to go and be the light in this world. Number five, the final thing. Light signifies hope. Light signifies hope for good reason. Light's been a symbol of hope for generations, for ages. The light at the end of the tunnel, the old cliche. The first light following The storm, as you've heard us talk about this morning, we experienced a horrific tragedy last night in in the tornadoes that moved through our community. And unfortunately, there were lives lost. There was damage and property and devastation. If you were watching the news as I was, I watched watched darkness be illuminated by light. And some of it was just a flashlight of a homeowner desperately trying to find what was left of their home. And in other cases, it was the light of of police officers and first responders coming to horrific, tragic scenes and their lights were shining because they were coming to help. And in other cases, it it was news trucks and news stations. Their lights were shining, helping show and convey the story of what has happened. You see, even last night, we had a glimpse of what it means when light comes into darkness, darkness disappears because the two can't exist together and light came in in the midst of tragedy and brought sight and brought life and brought healing and brought security and brought hope because that's what light does listen to these final words john chapter 14 let not your heart be troubled believe in god believe also in me In my Father's house are many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you. For I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, there you may be also. That is the promise and that is the hope that comes only from the light. You see... Thomas Edison didn't actually invent the light bulb. That invention came about from collaborative efforts of lots of men working 
towards a common goal. That there were a number of people who actually eventually helped create the light bulb. What Thomas Alva Edison did was he created the first safe and secure, sustainable way of sharing light. By allowing light to go, to move, to be, to exist in other places from one central place. That's what Thomas Edison did. He forever changed the world, not because of one light, but because he created a way for light to be shared with the entire world. In church, that's what we've been called to do. To not just celebrate the light, as we do every Christmas. But to find ways to share the light with the world. There is no reason for us to keep this light to ourselves. It is too precious of a gift and too much has already been paid for us to just be satisfied with the knowing and the understanding and the experiencing of the light. Let's be the light. Pray with me, please. Father God, we are grateful for your love for us, for the fact that you came down out of the mightiness and the throne of heaven to this place full of sin and imperfection. That you loved us enough to come in the form of a baby and that, God, you brought light to darkness, to a world and to a people in desperate need. Father, thank you for loving us enough. Thank you for the gift of the light in your Son that you gave us, the image that you have left for us to know what it means. And Father, may we always seek to know and to experience and to understand the light. But God, give us a spirit that's not satisfied with that. Give us a desire and a, and a passion and a want to go and share the light, to be the light in this world so that all that you know, all that you are will be shared. Father, we give praise and honor to your holy name, and we give thanks for the gift in your son Jesus, and it's in his name that we pray, amen.